Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation American journal? We do have people who submit pieces to other to American journals. 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 I was five and he was six. We rode on horses made of sticks. He was black and I was white. He would always win the fight. Bang bang. He shot me down. Bang bang. You're alive. So, you are now here on the Tinfoil Talks. You have your host, Wolfgang von Wilhelm, and your other host, Samuel Colt. So, let's get into it. Sam, what what do you think this is about? Well, I think, uh, so, this is an open-ended podcast. Uh, It's going to be any weird history, conspiracy, current events um, really anything that seems on a little bit fringish, um, we'll talk about in here and we'll just sort of, it's going to be like an open-ended thing. Um, you know, we're just two guys talking and, you know, yeah, drinking beer, <laughs> drinking a beer. So yeah, no, I'm on with that. So this is essentially two dudes talking about things they don't want you to talk about. Not gonna get pigeonhole, and you're not gonna hear this on the nine o'clock news. That's my pitch to you. So, with that being said, what do you want to kick off the first topic with, Sam? Let's talk about. Well, there's a lot. There's so much to talk about. I think yeah. let's do. Uh, so, I think I'm, I'm thinking tonight it can be related to like esoteric, weird esoteric German Nazi history with uh possible connections to modern events events. modern Modern events right let's let's just say there's events that happened literally today and yesterday that it's funny that you brought this up because you wanted to talk about this for a while i've always been interested too there's been events that happened within the past 48 hours that have thrown this to the front of the news cycle and you're not gonna see it if you're not looking for it but the moment somebody calls yeah. it out, you're going to know what you're looking at. You're going to say, well, hot damn, now we're looking at something. So I guess we can dive right on into it. Do you want to kick us off, Sam? Yes. I think this all starts with, well, it starts with a few people. So there was a reporter in Arkansas uh, a few weeks back. He uh, was one of the guys who blew the story open on the Bill Clinton like tarmac meeting. And he ended up writing a book and getting a book deal. And he was doing great. He had moved. Uh, he had a family with children. He was very professional, seemed like a nice guy. You would see him on, you know, uh, news stations interviewing, happy-go-lucky kind of guy, just got a book deal. And then, mysteriously, uh, he's found... Uh, dead and it's a reported suicide which is what it always is when was this found last week a couple weeks ago yeah <laughs> um and that's and you know what seems to be uh you know people talk about the the bill clinton like hit list the clinton's hit list i think it's mostly and hillary i don't know if it's bill could be hillary yeah clinton's 
we'll just call it the Clinton hit list. There you go. And oh what happens God. is there's many people who are on this hit list who have been affiliated or associated or had some dirt on the Clintons in the past. And then they wind up dead somehow. Either they get sure. in a car crash, uh, you know, they're found suicide. They're, you know, by suicide, they have gunshots in the back of their head. You know, there's, you can look up lists online, Bill Clinton, or uh, look up like Clinton hit lists, and you'll see big lists of people that were associated with them that all had these weird causes of death. And the most recent uh, death that, is of interest i think tonight is john mcafee and he died uh recently in a jail and i think it was in argentina is that right no it was in barcelona spain oh, oh that's right it was in spain but yes. that is also as dare you say uh within the his probably the the general latin region so you're not too far off with that but yeah he died in a jail in spain and that really is where we kind of dive into our saga so what, what about that death in Spain, Spanish jail? So, of course, it's ruled as a suicide. Um, he was in jail because I think he had been evading taxes. He, he's, you know, he's still making millions of dollars. It, for, for people who are listening who don't know, John McAfee was the guy who originally started uh, McAfee software, like the McAfee the software. Anti-malware, yeah. Yeah, yeah. anti-malware. And you know what he used to do? He's a big, he's a big slime sir. He used to go into old companies and he would basically say, You have ransomware, you have malware, and I can prove it right now. And they say, All right, prove it in. And he used to load in one floppy disk and it would get you infected. And he'd load the next floppy disk to fix it. Right. And, and that's how he built up the empire. He was basically the precursor or rather the originator of cybersecurity. And he actually kind of knew what he was doing too. Yes. And he was a smart, he's a smart guy. You can tell he's a smart guy. And he kind of ended up going a little bit off the deep end. Um, he, you know, in recent years, hasn't been affiliated with that company at all. He's oh, McAfee distances himself so far away from John. Yeah, he he's, uh, you know, he's in some island. He was living in some island. I can't remember where it was, but he's he's kind of been all over the place weird doing weird stuff saying weird things uh you seem kind of conspiratorial and then you know i hadn't really heard about him for a while and then this happens where he's you know he found he's found by suicide in a jail he's found by suicide in jail and here's a tweet i have from john mcafee june 9th 2019 from cuba when he fled to cuba he said i've collected files on corruption in the government for the first time i'm naming names and specifics and it'll begin with a corrupt cia agent of whom entrapped two bahamian officials coming today if i'm arrested or disappeared 31 terabytes of incriminating data will be released to the press oh i didn't know about that when was that that was on the 19th of june john oh, mcafee man. was on the run now little bit of history this is when i was back working in the office and everybody was mcafee was kind of a meme to talk about we all talk about mcafee and be on the run on the run and he used to upload these youtube videos and twitter videos where he would talk politics and Uh he used to make these separate ones where he would make his mixology videos which are absolutely hilarious because he would fill up an entire like highball glass just straight liquor <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he would put like two dashes of vermouths and he chuck yeah, the whole yeah. fucking thing so there's this one time i was on twitter and i said dude you should do your videos 
while you're doing the, the political videos, while you're doing the drinking. And he responded. He's like, excellent idea. And I shit you not, from that moment forward, he did all the drinking videos with his political videos. But that's that's a side tandem. He eventually got whacked in 2020, early, early, uh-huh. for tax evasion, which is why he was on the run. It got thrown in the Barcelona jail. Now, here's another tweet from John McAfee, and I forgot where I put it, but it basically said the following. I am in jail, I'm enjoying it, and I will not kill myself. And I want to find that specific tweet. Where did I put it? But it was very clear on that. Do you remember that one? Uh, uh-uh, but I mean, I've, I've, it's interesting because, you know, I was going back to, 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 going back to, you know, and we'll talk later if this is a Clinton hit or if it's, you know, a hit from someone else. But I've, I've been hearing this lately where a lot of people have been saying who are sort of on the fringes saying things and whether it be about like coronavirus or you know really any any hot topic button issue right now everybody's coming out and saying you know i wouldn't kill myself i'm happy you know right they're they're giving all these disclaimers just like alex jones like a couple days ago he made this big long spiel on infowars talking about how he would never kill himself you know he loves his family he loves his job all these things so you know, I don't know what it is, but people, what what happens with the Clintons is what I was saying before is once the killings start, you know, it's like a one, it's like, it's one after the other. People start getting whacked. And I wonder if people, you know, who are kind of, you know, possibly related in some way, you know, to these guys, if they kind of see that coming or, or they kind of know, you know, like, hey, I need to make it clear that. Dude, and you know what's interesting that you're saying that is there's two texts here that are important that McAfee tweeted. Speaking of the Clinton body count, he said two. And Joe, this was the 16th of the, this was, wow, this was a week and a half ago. He tweeted this. I have information that will lead to the arrest of Hillary and Bill Clinton and the end of fiat currency, period. There it goes. Yeah, exactly. And, and he I followed heard that he had dirt- yeah no he followed up by saying i have seen what was it this one says here i'm getting a subtle message from u.s officials to the effect of we're going to kill you mcafee we're going to kill yourself i'm getting a tattoo just in case if i'm suicided quote unquote i didn't do it i was whacked check out my arm and john mcafee literally has a tattoo on his arm that says whacked Whoa. Have you seen that? No. Is it so, it's a new tattoo? Is it's it a new? new tattoo? You got it in prison. You got a prison tat. This is whacked. So check the check our uh dare we say central command, direct messages in central command. These will be things that we may upload to show notes. But John McAfee right. has yeah. a tattoo that literally says swacked, which let's bring this full circle. This swacked John McAfee actually turned into a crypto currency that's why it actually has you'll see the s in front of it which is commonly used to denote a ticker well the whacked okay the whacked ticker is actually a private wallet and this is we're going to get a little deep here there's been boards online that have actually found a private data dump mcafee has a proper dead switch and it's been activated and the dead switch is get this 31.72 terabytes uploaded to the pirate bay on 18 different locations as of last nice. night all right 
And McAfee well, in his but- 2019 tweet said that he's going to upload 31 plus terabytes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I believe it 100%. So that's going to be good follow-up material. Now, how does this get into the Nazis? You say, this is wild. Why are you talking Nazis? How does this get here? Well, this is where we go to the fact that we had multiple posters on anonymous websites saying, we're spinning up offshore servers now. As a contingency, the data is being replicated to the network and it will be made public shortly. You will know when the time comes. This, All these posts have reverse IP trace to a place that is called, I believe the name is French Southern Antarctic Lands. Now, all right. why do you think that's interesting, Sam? Well, I don't know how deep we want to rat hole in this. Oh, we're going to we're going to go we're going to go right now. We can go pretty deep. So, so let's maybe let, we maybe okay, how do you, how do you want to do this? We maybe should back up, pause pause it and explain maybe why uh why are Nazis associated with Antarctica? Okay. That might be a good good place to start. Well, that yeah. well, we're we're going to go into that right now. So let's do it. So, right. so why is the French Antarctic lands important? Well, why is this important? Because what we're doing is we're seeing these anonymous drops of whom surfaced the 31.7 terabyte leak, which is actually has a hexagonal encoded code that is associated with the McAfee Schwack. So Swack tattoo isn't just a tattoo. That tattoo is an Ethereum wallet, which is tethered to this drop. And this drop is all originating out of the French Southern Antarctic lands. That's where it's all been traced. Yeah, it's all basically beaconing from there. That's where the wallet's located. That's where the McAfee, um, again, the coin he made based off that. And this gets a little bit into it. Have you ever heard of the Q conspiracy? Yes. So McAfee tweeted a couple hours after he died, or at least his team did, a big Q logo. Hmm. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't. That's interesting. I'm going to send it to you on the central command, direct messages straight from the high ambassador to your inbox. I'll just take a look about that one. So this was tweeted four hours after he died. It's a big Q. All right. Now you're going to say, well, why that is maybe he's just trolling us, right? Now, this is where it gets a little bit more interesting. His team is beaconing out of that French Antarctic Islands, but the Q picture is actually a hexademical representation of the private Ethereum wallet associated with WACT. Now, the wallet is empty, but it has a and, transaction history. And, and it's worth if you it's worth noting too that people if people see this tweet it's not the q used by qanon of course you know maybe that's uh it's maybe you know somehow related in some way it's 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 like a it's reminiscent of it he's probably poking at it jab you know jabbing at it but the q from qanon is like a cursive q this is like a like a aerial bold font q I would you know, agree. Yeah. I would agree. And that's basically how it becomes a hexademical representation of the private key. So let's tie yeah. this all together. McAfee apparently gets quote unquote whacked. Last thing I want to bring up about that and why it's odd, because get this, 
the day McAfee, quote unquote, dies in prison in Madrid, there's a U.S. military plane flies from Madrid back to the United States. And the call sign was JMCF Q17. JMCF, John McAfee Q17, which is a number for Q. Why would the military make that the call sign on the day he gets quote unquote whacked? And why would you post a Q picture with a hexagonal representation to the Ethereum wallet, Schwacked, which is beaconing from Antarctica and is currently now uploading to their databases 32 terabytes of leaks to be publicly accessible outside of the preview of the NSA or public internet providers from shutting it down. Nice. Now, let's tether this because this is where we get to the Nazis. I saw a photo online and you know what the first thing that I thought, Sam, when I saw that photo, the location of it was, I said, that's a weird location. And why is that a weird location? Well, let's go into it deep here. What do you know about things like the Dyglock Project and the history of U-boat submarines? For those listening who don't uh, know too much about Nazi and German history, they had this weird obsession with Antarctica. And they had, you know, uh, they were interested in many different places around the world. You know, you see like old... Indiana Jones movies, and they always run into Nazis. Uh, That's classic bad guy. This guy named, uh, what was it? Classic bad guy. Who who, who was the director of those films? I think it's Spielberg, isn't it? Spielberg, yeah. Sounds like a guy that'd make Nazis the bad guy. But here's the thing. At that time, they always say search for the Holy Grail. That's a real thing. Uh, Heimlich Himmler was sort of obsessed with among other things finding the holy grail and you know i I maybe not get into that right now but my point is is that the nazis were uh going all over the world looking for what they said was new schwabenland right and and the well i think i think they were going for the world looking to the entrance to basically the old well we let's get into this history now you're absolutely right on everything leading up to that. And you know, the reason they were looking for those places is because it all started with something which was called the Vril Society. So let's, let's back up a little bit. How do they even get to this point? It's irrational to think that they just came out of nowhere and just started prompts and were looking for the Holy Grail and looking for entrances to inner earth. Doesn't make sense, does it? No. And Vril Society is a good start. Vril societies get started. So let's start there. So what essentially happened is, let's put it in the background. In the background, this is after the reunification of Germany in the roughly the 1860s. Germany was a newly founded idea. Essentially, it used to be dozens and dozens of city-states and then all conglomerated around real politics, of course, which with the Kaiser and then all of that fun stuff. Now, in 1871, there was a book published by a man named Edward Buller Lutton. And it was published technically anonymously, and it was called The Coming Race. Coming Race. Yep. Yeah. So The Coming Race essentially was a book where it described about the origins of basically what they viewed as the European race. 
Now, we can get into that a little bit, but what it essentially meant is that there are ancient civilizations of whom survived Andalusian catastrophes, and they went underground, and they basically persist there, and they're the origination of pretty much everything. It was pre-Atlantean, as it were. Now, the reason this becomes important and surfaces in German society is it became promulgated after World War I. Now, World War I, as I'm sure everybody knows, terrific war, or horrific war, rather, involving, you know, what was then Germany, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, as well as a precursor to the Allies. Now, World War I is often seen as the war without meaning. So after the war ended, people essentially had lost their faith, and they're looking for new religions. They're saying, well, what should we believe? Where should we go? This is where Nazi occultism started to begin. You had things like the Vril Society, you had the Black Sun, you had people who were coming in with these ideas of, well, let's go beyond Gottlob Gauk, which is God belief. Now, there was a lady, basically, who kind of was the medium of all this called Maria Orsic. Maria Orsic was kind of like a, um, kind of like a witch. Like, as, you know how she we have- psychic. She was like a psychic medium. Psychic medium, basically. And there was a lot of people in high society, especially in right-wing circles, who they had lost faith in God after World War I. So they started to look for alternative meanings. And this actually goes into some of the Indian stuff. This is when people, you know, all the Beatles and all the cool kids are into, you know, all the hippie shit and, you know, the Indian gods and yoga. You know what I'm talking about, all that stuff in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah, this, this started way before in Germany, and they were basically looking at Vedic beliefs originating in the Brill Society. Anyways, long story short, there was a huge amount of influential people who essentially started to believe that there was an interior subterranean Nordic race that is a progenitor of all civilization going forward. That's the fundamental yeah, belief. And it's, and it's worth noting that the reason why they believe this is because you know, kind of like you're saying, they were disenchanted with religion. They were disenchanted with Christianity. They were looking for a new religion. Heinrich Himmler was kind of heading all that up, which, you know, people say he had uh, ties to the uh, real society. Where it came from was there was a young archaeologist who put together a presentation uh, for Himmler and some other high-ranking Nazi officials showing that these various rock engravings and cave paintings from all different parts of the world were actually, uh, you know, their root, they had the same, it looked like they had the same root, meaning some of the pictures were the same. Uh, they had similar shapes, similar geometric, like geometric shapes. The, you know, they had these line drawings that looked very similar. And, you know, at that time he was just saying, Hey, uh, the Nazi party has a lot of money. Let's get, let's, let's get these, you know, he, he might've been trying to get the Nazis to pay for him to have some sort of archeological day. You know, I'm just surmising what he did. Sure. But in Heim- in Heimlich Himmler's mind, he saw this as evidence that kind of what you're saying, there was, you know, the whole thing about uh, a master like subterranean race uh, came later but in Hamid Himmler's mind, he said, oh, this is good proof that actually there was like sort of a master, quote, 
you know, race. It was validating the one, it was validating the whole subterranean theory. And the whole subterranean theory basically says there was a un- or a global civilization pre-Atlantean that survived basically all the Andaluvian catastrophes. So if you're seeing a uniformity in symbols across all quote unquote geographical regions and cultures, well, then that would say there has to be a single origination point, right? Yeah. So exactly. whether, whether Heimrich was right or the archaeologist, who knows? But that's essentially what he would say is, well, you're seeing the same originator. Where is that course zero? Anyways, let's bring it back. So let's, let's, bring it, let's, bring it, let's bring it in here. Now, how did we get to Antarctica? Basically, what essentially happened at that point is the Vril Society had promulgated the idea of inner earth. Well, back then, inner earth and hollow earth wasn't a wild theory matter of fact it was widely seen as entrances existed on the poles that was kind of like a common thought you ever read the book uh, journey to the center of the earth jules verne yep so they of course the entrance is in iceland there now that's obviously the north pole entrance there's alleged south pole entrance so fast forward to world war ii era you now have all these old real society guys getting promulgated into huge positions of power Now, one of the first things they do is when they take over the occupation of Norway, guess what? The first thing they negotiate in the contract is that they get the Norwegian slice of Antarctica and they renamed (laughs) it to Nusfabenland. That was the first thing. And it's under the guise, under the guise of them looking for uh it wasn't it whale. It was something. It was like whale oil or something. Whale blubber or whale oil that needed to be used for explosives. Yeah, something ridiculous. Something weird like that. Yeah. But it was the prime like negotiation thing. And of course, the Norwegians (laughs) seeded it, right? So they're like, okay, cool, whatever, give it to you. So throughout the war from this point, so now we got to the point where they basically took over. Now they have New Schwabenland. Okay, they're ready to go. At this point, they started to send huge amounts. And this is all common knowledge huge amount of resources down there in order to make what they found a base and they found temperate lands now if you go to central command you'll see photos you know when you think antarctica what do you think samuel give me the viv walk me through it's like a desolate you know land there's no vegetation just white (laughs) endless plains of snow just like hellheim right hell world yeah, yeah, well, nothing. I implore you to go look at some of the photos I put in Central Command. When the Nazis landed there, they realized that there's are places that are rather temperate. Do you know that it gets up to 55 degrees at some places in Neuschwabenland, formerly known as Neuschwabenland? No, wait, okay, interesting. Yeah, it gets to 55 degrees. There's vegetation, there's freshwater lakes, there's even like actual flowers and things now there's no trees but they planted trees the nazis actually planted cedar trees down in antarctica and had cedar farms down there and this goes we'll we'll talk a little bit about today but there's even photos of modern rothschilds on their yachts in quote-unquote antarctica and looks like they're in iceland it doesn't look like the way they tell it to you so it's interesting that your perception of antarctica isn't even aligned with the reality well Fast forward. Now, after all this effort, in 1943, 
German Navy Grand Admiral Carl Dennitz says the German submarine fleet is proud of having built for the future in another part of the world, Shangri-La on land, an impenetrable fortress. So that to me says they did something down there. I want to pause. I want to, I want to pause real fast. Um, Because of course, people who are listening to this are going to go, why would the Nazis believe at all that the earth is hollow? Like, I mean, you you have to reach pretty far, right? (laughs) I mean, I know like the uh, Nazis were, you know, had the Viral Society, the Thrill Society. They were sort of getting into these weird ideas, but I kind of want to circle around like, why, why would, why would, Nazis think the earth was hollow. So let's go back to the concept of the Vril Society. I told you that uh, Marina, what was her name again? Marina Orsic. Yeah. What they used to do is they used to do these seancing or channeling sessions. Were you aware of those? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what happened during these seancing and channeling sessions is they used to contact these entities. It's not like they just created this real thing. It was basically they were doing these channeling sessions and they were getting info from these channelers. And what's interesting is there's a doctor named Heinrich Oberth, who's an internationally known rocket pioneer, one of the lead rocket designers for the National Socialist, as well as a space authority post-World War II. And he was in these sessions in the 1920s. And in these sessions, they gave them or they channeled plants for rockets. So much so that they channeled them plants. They went to these sessions. So here, here's the reality of what happened. You're aware of the Panzer tanks, yes? Yeah. They had key engine modification to design changes to the Panzer tanks based off of what this Maria channeler was telling them in sessions. That's recorded. <laughs> Okay, interesting. I didn't know that. So, like, I mean, no knock on woman, right? But, like, you know, do you think she's really going to be able to channel how to make a better engine? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, when they did that, they're like, well, shit, there's obviously something here. And then, Uh so let's go back to Henrik Oberth or Herman Oberth. He literally said in an interview in the 1950s, we find ourselves faced by powers which are stronger than hereto assumed and whose face at present is unknown to you all, but not to us. And he's referencing the old Nazis. More I cannot say at the present. We are engaged in entering closer contact with these powers more so than we ever before the war. And within six to nine months time, it may be possible to speak of more precision in this matter. That was in 1995. Do you know what happened to that guy on a plane flight a couple months later? Probably died. He died on a plane flight. (laughs) (laughs) Did he die? He died. Of course he, he died. Of course he died. Yeah. So my point is, they're literally doing these channeling sessions with this fucking witch woman back in the 20s in Weimar, Germany, figuring out how to improve their Panzer engines. That's So out of those sessions, they're getting these things about, well, go to Antarctica. Now, I ask you, Sam, would you go to Antarctica after that? Nah. I would definitely go. I don't know, man. Weird weird stuff going on in Antarctica. (laughs) Well... Put it this Maybe. way. Maybe I guess. I guess I suppose I would, but 
What if we did multiple of these sessions, multiple of these sessions where you're channeling things and you keep getting technological learnings yeah. from these well, sessions? I'd be, I'd be interested in that. Yeah, you would. I, 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 I you'd be worried in. So that's that's the why, right? That's the basis. That's why Viril Society is important. It's more so than a bunch of people reading a bunch of wacky books and making some, you know, sketchy Nazi book club. That's not what we're talking about here. The core of it was the channeling sessions and the spiritual aspect and the channeling sessions explicitly, which led to technological advancements on the ground recognized by Hitler and gave them advances. Yeah. And, and let's, let's, let's like rat hole a little bit deeper here for a minute. If if I'm okay, so the first time I heard this, I said, "Why would anyone in their right mind think the Earth was hollow?" Right? Because of course, what we're what we're starting to poke at is that they're, you know, this is what f- formed Nazis' interest in Antarctica. That there's some subterranean thing going on. And I want to talk. Uh, I don't know. Let's let's talk about like why why someone would think the Earth is hollow. Where did this idea come from? I think it's like a good five minute discussion about why do you have these guys who are Nazi engineers? Some of them are pretty smart. Of course, I mean, well, a lot of them are pretty smart. You know, you get them all brought over on Project Paperclip. The reason why is because there was, okay, so going back, going back before the Nazis, uh, there was a guy uh, named Edmund Haley. And Edmund Haley is, 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 he, he was one of the first guys to postulate that the earth was uh, hollow, or at least there was a, you know, some channel running through it. He actually, he actually believed that the earth itself was, um, I, I think he said like four fifths of the mass was in a shell. And then the rest of the earth was hollow, something <laughs> weird like that. And it's coming out of, well, so his, his theory about the earth being hollow, that actually was a, it, it, it stemmed actually from Newton's Principia. Because there was a, um, and for those who don't know, it's like Newton's Principia was sort of like a Newton's masterwork. Um, and in, in Newton's Principia, he had said that the mass of the moon will be to the mass, I think he said to the mass of the earth is one to 20, uh, is one to 26, meaning like a ratio. And, um, and then he said, I think he said the the moon, like the earth is to the moon as nine to five. So I think he was saying that the moon is actually more dense than the earth, which of course does sounds weird nowadays. The ratio is nine to five. Edmund Haley took this. Of course, it was a misunderstanding by Newton, but Edmund Haley took this and he said, well, the earth is obviously larger than the moon. Uh, so the, therefore the earth, earth must be hollow. Now, now I think today, like uh, they've determined that the mass of the earth to the moon, like the ratio is like, it's like one to 80 or something like that. Anyway, that whole theory of hollow earth stemmed from Edmund Haley. That's where it got started. And, you know, people thought over time, um, you know, how, how can a, how can a hollow earth even form? Right. I mean, it seems weird. Well, it's interesting that you say that 
there's photos by NASA's own research organization where they basically take like these goo balls and they have like, maybe it's, it's like not water because apparently water will disrupt the, um, the electronics on there, but they take these goo balls and you ever seen like goo when you used to play with it a kid, you buy it at, like probably a museum, which why do museums always sell weird shit like that? That's like a side tangent. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like <laughs> yeah, random, like yeah. fucking things like that. Yeah. So they spin this goo ball and it coalesces into obviously a sphere. But what happens is it's a centripetal effect. All of the air bubbles basically coalesce into the center axis, creating this tunnel. And when you watch it, it's like an aha moment. If the Earth's supposed to have created by spinning and it was a semi-liquid mass, well, then it would make sense that all the air bubbles would coalesce just as it does in any anti-gravity experiment with a semi-liquid solid. It coalesces Uh into this essentially, it's it's basically a backbone running through it. And yeah, it's it's like if you have like, you know, bubbles in your coffee or something and you stir your coffee, the bubbles... Straight in the center. And that's why they thought the entrances were North Pole, South Pole. And you know what? I have a letter here that I want to read. And this is the letter from a German U-boat commander from U-209. U-209 is important for the primary reason. Well, I don't know if I want to get into this yet, to be honest, because you're still trying to, you're still trying to uh, let people know why they, why they even think the earth was hollow. My primary argument is they did the channeling sessions and they got tech, real technological advances. And they told them in those sessions that you need to go into the inner earth. That's what they're from. That's yeah. my sole and only argument. I'm, I haven't heard your, your portion yet. No, I mean, that's all I really wanted to say. Uh, you know, why would, why would a bunch of people think the earth is hollow? You know, it seems like a ridiculous, ridiculous idea, but you yeah. know, it's, it's stemming from people, Edmund Haley and a few other people throughout history who have posited that it's been hollow. And, 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 that, and this is the reasoning why they think when you have a spinning ball of liquid, right, you get like centrifugal forces and it's driving everything towards the center that's uh, of less density than water. So yeah. if you think of like the earth, uh, the earth is like spinning, you know, you know, whatever, like when it was being formed 4.5 billion years ago, whatever, um, you know, that was the, that was the idea. So, and to be honest, back then it was a pretty popular idea. And especially with that book popularizing it. So you got a lot of things, you got Evan Haley, you have the real channeling sessions, which turned all of them into believers. And of course it was a pretty common idea back then. So it's a triage of things. Why you would think it, our modern sensibilities, quote unquote, make you think it's not a realistic thing, but, you know, they also want you to make you think the science is settled. So real science yeah. is about asking questions. So with that being said, they get Antarctica and they start building a base. And you were surprised to learn that there's temperate areas down there, weren't you? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, and a lot of people don't. And even to this day, the Rothschilds will upload photos. That a couple of the Rothschild girls are like 22-year-old bangers. Like, they're pretty damn attractive. And they'll, like, upload shit on Instagram. <laughs> and there was this one where, like, this girl's, like, just doing, you know, like, a typical ass photo or something ridiculous. And it looks like they're in, like, like Iceland in the summer. Something nice. And it says, and I, what was the quote specifically? I forgot what it was. There was a specific quote. 
Um, I don't want to butcher it, but it basically said something to the effect of fun with the friends in the French Southern Antarctic lands. <laughs> yeah. Which is exactly well, and, where the McAfee server is beginning and- from. We can just rat hole on this, keep going deeper. We don't need to go into it now, but a good topic is the Rothschild family in general and their funding of all these different countries. Yeah. And and including the Nazis, which the Rothschilds were German. So, I mean, you know, we we, we can get into it. Um, Sorry, the Rothschilds were Jewish, not German. Correct. Yeah, I was going to correct you on that one. (laughs) Yeah, but we we can set up for another time. But yes, the Rothschilds. it makes sense that you know they would have access. Exactly, to- and you know that even today we can't go there. There is a the only international agreement in the world is that Antarctica is isolated for scientific purposes. You're telling me that we all agree on that? Everybody's the greediest bastard in the world, but we're all going to keep this big continent just for scientific research purposes. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, yeah, it's it's called the Antarctic. It's just called the Antarctic Treaty, right? I think it's something like that. Yeah. And there's a couple of incidences where you're not even, you are not allowed to go there and people have tried to, and they've been fired warning shots so much so that people have been actually shot. Their boats have been sunk trying to go to Antarctica unauthorized civilians. Yeah. It's weird. Let's go back to the Nazis here. Now, why is this important? So they built this base. Carl Donitz says they built Shangri-La on the other side of the world that's an impenetrable fortress. And throughout the entire war, Sam, they've been shipping thousands of people consistently. And these shippings, if you go look at some of the old KGB leaks files that they got from Berlin during the fall, the, the supplies were being shipped there to the very end. Why would you, if you're losing a war... Why would you keep sending thousands of men a month plus critical supplies to Antarctica? It just what aren't, aren't these people supposed to be the most efficient people in the world? Yeah, obviously something something that they're not telling people. I just yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. Oh, you're the most efficient people in the world, but we're going to keep doing core critical logistics down to Antarctica, even though you're losing the game right now. Hey, yeah, yeah. So, so they lose the game. Adolf Hitler apparently commits suicide. No body was ever found. So we yeah. all know about that one. That's a, it's like, all right, dude. Yeah, it's suicide. See how that starts? You know, suicide, no body, but suicide. And then, of course, we go into the famous story of U-Boat 209. Now, did you see the photos from, it says, Cartes des Passieren des Meerschreifen? Uh, oh. a Kriegsmarine des Thousand Kriegs. Have I've you seen, seen it? it? Have I, you? I've seen it. Yes. Which yeah, is basically yeah, yeah. the very it's very detailed instructions on how to get to the inner earth. Have you seen that? <laughs> yes. And for people who are listening, these maps are drawn. There's they're a like, they're like official match. <laughs> there's like a you know they have maps of Antarctica, but they have like a cross sectional view of the polar ice cap and they have the, let me just describe it. So they have the waterline drawn and then they have all these distances mapped out going down under the water in a, into a tunnel. And they have all these degrees of basically extremely how do you get your detailed. Sub, how, how do you get your sub into this cavity underneath the polar ice cap? Here's how far you need to submerge. 
here's how far you need to go. Tilt your sub this way, tilt your sub this way, this angle, that angle. And you know what's even weirder about it is when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this, you know, it, when you look at the map, you think it's like, I don't know. You look at it and you think this can't be more than a couple of miles. But when you start to look at the scale of this fucking thing, it's like, I think it's 5,000 kilometers. That's almost 3,000 miles. Oh, that you, they, It's huge. It's huge. And they okay, give so you the- we're not talking about like a little bubble in the ice. We're talking about like we're talking. Uh, I mean, these openings are, and you can read it right here. These openings are hundreds of meters wide. I mean, let me read you some of the instructions just to show you how detailed this is. So, descent at the point of the coordinates, the exact coordinates, and this is where we get to the funky part. Descent at the point with the coordinates, exact intersection of 46 southern latitude and one eastern longitude to the depth of 400 meters. Do you know where that is, Sam? No. That's the French, <laughs> I guess it's the French Antarctic yeah, Islands. That's literally yeah, right outside of it. It's literally right outside of it. So yeah. you go to a depth of 400 meters. For people, 400, say 400 meters, you can't even buy commercial-grade subs. I thought about liquidating some of my assets. I was like, hey, if I can get a sub for a couple hundred thousand dollars, maybe I try to do this. You can't. Well, Com- and even, even in World War II, uh, submarines went it, to like 300 it, meters. Right, so they had to make they had to make a U boat to do this. Correct, a, a special U boat. Modern yeah. nuclear submarines, I think, can only go to like four hundred. I think the modern nuclear submarines can barely do this today. Yeah. So I didn't even know about this, so I started researching it because I look into this like, dude, why don't I fucking why don't we try to do this? And that's where I learned it was like three thousand miles and ridiculously deep. So it says this. Descent from the point of descent with half speed, starboard direction 10 degrees with a bow heaviness declination angle of 5 degrees distant 8188 SM given depth approximately 500 meters because of moving of insignificant with the quarter pressure the ship body will be maneuvering is insignificant ascent line item 2. Full lead with stern trim, ascent angle 23 degrees with port delineation 22 degrees, 190 meter upward, descent 755 meters. Yep. Three, and, difficult and, and maneuver. And for those listening, this is all drawn out with, with map. De- yeah, with degrees and everything. <laughs> on, on a map, yeah. All the distances, all the angles. Yeah. I, if, if you were going to fake this, You'd have to be a you'd if you were faking this. The only the people who can fake this is, I. What, well, and like, if you're if you're losing a war, right? If you're if it's at the end of the war, you're you're losing a war. Who's spending time faking this? Oh, you wouldn't. And I mean, what, what, and even if, the, what, and when you look at it, it's got all the official stamps and everything. It's all in proper Futhrak German. I mean, it's just. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. All right. So it's, if you did this, this is a brilliant fake, honestly. I mean, I let's, let's just go with Occam's razor. The simplest explanation is the most obvious one. It's obviously real. That's, that's how I see it. But you know, maybe the listeners think otherwise, but we can put this in. We should probably have a show notes by the way. Yeah. We, yeah. I can, I can do that. I can put it there. Was show notes. Um, but yeah, this was captured. This map was captured by the KGB and recently leaked anonymously on the internet about two years ago and well and it wasn't okay so oh this wasn't part of the documents because i know that a big trove of uh uh nazi documents that were found in a cave and a lot of them were like ver- that's 
that's kind of where when the real came to light. But that's I guess this is something different than right. This is different. KGB more mo- much more modern. Yeah, there was something that happened with Russia. Basically, as as you know how Russia is. You know, I, I like the Russians. I think they're nice people. But there was some Russia has some version of a FOIA. So they released a series of documents to an archivist. And given that, obviously, the Soviet Union fell, everything's kind of a disarray. So I guess they gave a box to some archivist in, like, Czech Republic or something. Almost a Czechoslovakia. Um, and it, it had some of this in it. So they inadvertently leaked it. That's what this, the story is. Now, whether you believe that or not is a different question. Now, we'll, we'll wrap up on this document. But it's, it's a ridiculous map. I'm, I'm going to get this map for my office. Like, I, I got to get this map. It's, and do you want to describe the fa- You describe the, the, the literal map of inner earth. Like, this is the last. So just so the viewers know, there, there are nine line items here and the final line item after a bunch of technical details that we're not going to bore you basically says proceed to argatha full speed proceed straight ahead until new lights can be seen expect a change in a magnetic pole the changes of the compass needle and instruments are to be disregarded you have arrived at agratha further instructions in labeled package three only to be opened when arrived in Agratha, and the magnetic instruments have reversed. Yeah, so uh, there's many map. Actually, there's a, there's many maps of. Uh, I think it's is it Agratha, Agartha. I can't. Remember. I don't. I'm the inner. It's, just, it's, it's I'm not sure. It's, it's something. Like I, I that. think it's Agartha. Let's just, let's call it Agartha. <laughs> I might be wrong. <clears throat> there's a lot of maps floating around online of Agartha. Which is like the inner that it's supposed to be the city, it's the inner earth. And the map I'm looking at, tell me if it's the right one, uh, it's has it's writing. It's the same document. Oh, oh, is it that one? Oh, okay, let me, let me go to it. It's on the same document and it says Asgard, Liberia, Strand, Gottschreiter. They named a lot of these places after, I mean, they called it Asgard. That's, you know, mythological where the gods live. Yeah. So I'm looking at maybe it's hard for me to see. Yeah. I, I see the names, but describe it. It's, it's blurry on my end. I, I see, but I'll, I'll describe another, another famous map of Agartha. Um, yeah, describe it. I mean, it basically looks like you cut a ball on half and you're looking at the interior of each ball. It's it's wild. They have the maps. They have the coordinates. I mean, this is a full-blown document, basically. Yes. And, you know, for people who are listening, it's like, um, I guess everyone's listening. <laughs> we, don't <have> a- <laughs> we don't have a video. <laughs> um, so it's called, it's, it's Agartha. I think it's Agartha. There's a central sun... Um, so the earth, if, if you were to look across sectionally at the earth, it's, it's cut, it's cut in half. There's uh, two large entrances at the North and South pole. I think they're actually called Symes holes. The guy who first hypothesized them, I think same, hmm. I think his last name was Symes. I can't remember what it was. I remember that somewhere. What the map I'm looking at is showing a uh, various spots on the surface, pyramids, various caves, Places in Brazil, the Kentucky Mammoth Cave is, is one famous one. Yeah. These are supposed to be places that uh, go through the crust and penetrate into the hollow earth. And um, there's supposed to be a center sun, 
that's floating and you know there's um they have different cities there's it's all called agarta but they have like city of like shambhala um a cave city there's another cave city um they have oceans so it's like it's like a whole inverted earth with a sun at the center it's a pretty robust map it's worth taking a look at and you know if we ever get show notes up and running it's something that we need to add in there for sure yes and as side note people who are proponents of hollow earth they have all these various places on earth that have either weird magnetic anomalies or restrictions on going. Anyway, there's a list of places that they think, you know, uh, lead to the hollow earth. Let's not rabbit hole on that too much, but you're absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah. Now what I want to get weird. to is so Nazis submarine deep. I mean, this is drilled in detail and honestly, they had to build specific U-boats to get in there. One of those U-boats was known as U-209. Mm-hmm. U-209 was commissioned and launched the 11th of October in 1941. Now, guess what? You know who drove oh, that boat? Okay. okay, so this is 1941. So this is not... Uh, they're not losing the war at this point. They're, no, they're sort not. of... They're, they're mid... They're, they're in power. They're winning. They were yeah. debatably winning the war up to 43. Now, Heinrich Bradup was piloting this U-boat, and this was when they were still winning the war. Now, this U-boat went mysteriously missing sometime around the 7th of May, 1943, and they said it was a quote-unquote diving accident, and guess where? Antarctica. Yep. Now, a letter surfaced, again, from that same KGB trove, and this appears to be from Heinrich. It's a handwritten letter, and this is the detail. Now, it's in German, obviously. Um, and you don't speak German. So I spent some time doing a translation and there's a dark web translation. So the translation I'm about to read you is a mixture between my own translation as well as the dark web translation. Is dark web translation is not bad, right? The reason that I'm kind of telling you about my own translation is there's a lot of words in German that are specifically old school. You know how like there's old school words for us, you know, you wouldn't say things like, you know, you wouldn't reference black people as like coloreds or whatnot, but an old school letter may, right? Yeah. So this is Lieber. It says off the bat, Lieber alter Kameraden, which he translated as dear old comrade. But the reason that that's important is because that really is a traditional Nazi greeting. You wouldn't write something like that unless you were obviously in it. Now, it goes on to say, this message may be a surprise to you. U-boat 209 has made it, and the earth is whole, hollow. Dr. Hausfer and Rudolf Hess, as well as Heinrich, were right. The whole crew is doing well, but we cannot come back for obvious reasons. We are no prisoners. I'm certain of that. They have made their intentions clear, and they've informed me this message will, and underlines will, reach you but this will be the last contact you will ever have with you 209. We will meet again, comrade. I'm Weird. unfortunately worried about the people that have to live on the surface since the fewer is gone from there. Dot, dot, dot. God bless our Germany always with hearty greetings. And then he signs off. Now that's a weird letter, right? And that's it came in, 
It came in 1947. You may say, how do we know this isn't baked? There's a couple of experts on this admiral of whom would look at some of these things. Now, there's small nuances when you look at it. In certain areas in Germany, you would say things differently. So here he has Wilbringenhaben. Now, when he uses formal versus informal, his verbiage and his dialect is consistent with the 1930s to a 1940s classically Prussian trained military man. His this um, letter I'm looking at on my screen right now has been, what do you call it, cryptographically transposed over other letters and has been deemed to be in his handwriting. Okay. So, you know, that's pretty much all the evidence we have other than the contextual data and the cryptographical evidence, but they went in there. And yeah. something I want to call out is I am worried that the people have to live on the surface since the few there is gone from there. Yeah. I don't know, what, what does this say to you? Gone from there. That doesn't yeah. sound... Basically, you know, and a lot of people, and this is where people hypothesize, um, they never found Hitler's body. And there were people who, there were bodies that surfaced that were, were Hitler's body, right? And then people said, no, it's ob- it wasn't, it obviously wasn't Hitler's body. Um, so yeah, this plays into the whole conspiracy that they escaped to somewhere in Antarctica. It's- so now let's bring this full circle. This thing goes to, oh, there's, there's so much more to go into. Have you ever heard of Operation High Jump? Yes. Okay, wait, let's let's go there. We're, we're talking about a lot of old history, you know, 1940s, all the way back to the 1920s. Weird history about Antarctica. There's just as much new, uh, you know, modern, modern times uh things that are happening in Africa that are really strange just as much so, modern inconsistencies and just as much weirdness happening with antarctica in our modern time even up to literally yesterday and today with the mcafee beacon it's just and you know we can get into the high patriarch going down there buzz aldrin tweeting that it's evil itself there's so many things. Yeah, wait, wait, yeah before we go there before we go there let's, oh, there's let's, so many things you can go into so uh, let's talk about high jump so let's go high jump. Uh, Do you know high okay. jump or should I articulate it? Let, well, let me try to articulate it and you can correct me. This is from what I this is what I know about high jump. Uh okay, who was Admiral Byrd? Um he was an American naval officer. He was a Medal of Honor recipient, so he wasn't some weird crackpot guy. Um, no, he was he very was, well respected, especially back in the day. He was a known admiral. Yep. And he he's was a personality ex- too. Yeah. He was a really good navigator. He had led several missions, expeditions, um, flying over various parts of the world, flying over the Antarctic, um, or sorry, Atlantic Ocean. And then after the war was over, this was World War One, so this is actually before the Nazis. This is like, um, this is out, so after World War One, in like 1920s, I want to say, I, I can't remember the exact date. Um, he started doing these like. A transatlantic uh, expeditions flying, which was like historic. It was one of the first times I think. I think it was the first. I think he was on the flight that made the first transatlantic flight. Very well, could have been. Uh, and maybe you know, I I, I don't I, I I'm just pulling that out of my head, but I think that's what it was. Um, and then I think it was so in in nineteen in the nineteen twenties. Uh, yeah, so he'd been making all these flights, then. He started making all these expeditions to the North Pole. So this is like later. I think this is like 10 years later or so. He starts making several expeditions to the North Pole. 
um, just at, at first flying there, landing, um, you know, just kind of exploring. Um, and it kind of morphed into something called, uh, it, he actually organized an operation called High Jump. And I so think it correction, was like- he didn't organize an operation called High Jump. The United States Department of Defense organized High Jump as a military expedition and put Admiral Byrd there due to his experience in Antarctic terrain. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I, he put two other admirals in there. So Admiral Byrd, great overview of it. And Admiral Byrd was basically brought there because he was a public hero. He was seen as like one of America's big adventure heroes. He would go on and talk on TV all the time. He was the terrain expert and, you know, just all and around. You want that guy on the mission. There's two other admirals, though. There was Admiral Curran and Admiral Chester Nimitz. Chestrel Nimitz is obviously the admiral who was the prime military warlord who destroyed the Japanese military in World War II. Nimitz is our alpha dog when it comes to at least military prowess and the, the, from the Navy standpoint back in that time. That is, you don't do better than that. You don't send Nimitz to a research expedition. Had you ever heard of uh, Jocko Willicks or the Jocko podcast? Yes. Yeah. That guy's like he. That guy is obviously a big time jarhead. You wouldn't go send a guy like that on some random like fucking you know peacekeeper mission or something like. You wouldn't do that guy, right? Yeah. Admiral Nimitz is one of the type of like break the glass when America's in danger. You know, you're unleashing death. That's the type of guy Admiral Nimitz is. To be just yeah. let's just clarify that. So high jump. Uh, and this all starts with bird birds that i mean when people when people talk about high jump they talk about bird but that's a weird the nimitz thing is a is a weird inconsistency with if this was just a scientific expedition you know yep high jump i think it occurs in 1947 um basically they sent 4500 military troops from the united states uk and australia with three full naval battle armadas on a research expedition Three naval battle armadas. We're talking dozens of destroyers, multiple aircraft carriers, tons of subs, and plenty of support vessels. But wasn't the wasn't the like uh, in the name of? I, I thought it was like in the name of exploration or something, right? That's what they said it was in the name yeah. of exploration. We're sending forty five hundred military troops, dozens of destroyers, multiple aircraft carriers, and admiral break the glass when an emergency happens. Nimitz. And okay, before we talk about uh, birds' flights, didn't and I'm now this is where I'm vague on this. A large portion of those troops didn't make it back, right? A large portion did not make it back. Massive casualties, and they lost half a dozen ships. And to this day, Wikipedia, if you go use like Wayback Machine, Wikipedia used to show you the accurate casualty count. I think they suffered a 40% casualty count. Now, Wikipedia doesn't really talk about it. It says a human loss of life. It doesn't really talk about casualty count. But yeah, they lost substantial casualties and they lost about a third of their naval forces. You could say it was a punishing defeat. Now, you tell me, does that make any sense? Or does it sound more like that new Schwabenland had an active base down there and they basically pulled out some of the tech and said, fuck off? Yeah. 
they they obviously encountered something. I don't think you could have 2,000 people die. They would have gotten out of there long before that many people could have died of whatever, frostbite. Oh, yeah. Uh, and by the food. way, the trip, mean- the trip was cut insanely short. They returned to South America. Admiral Byrd gets off. First interview, he gives him Buenos Aires. He gives an interview saying, and I quote, it is now necessary for the United States to take defensive action against enemy air fighters that come from the polar regions. Yeah. Admiral okay. Byrd is then basically thrown to the side, essentially black holed for the rest of his life and told to shut the fuck up. That's what happened at that point. I now I, without Let's talk getting, about the flights. Well, well so f- how did how does this all tie back to Hollow Earth? Okay, well, we'll, <laughs> and, we'll t- and the Nazi bases. We'll tie this and, back and- to Hollow Earth. So obviously, you would say at that point, heavy losses. It's clearly, I mean, the way I read it is they went down there. They went to go eradicate the last remnants they perceived of Nazis from the bases down there. Got completely backed the fuck off. And obviously, that's going to be advanced technology. We didn't even talk about the Die Glock project, but let's hearken back to when I spoke about the Real Society and the channeler, Maria Orvik. They were actually building what was the prototype of debatably UFOs. We could talk about the Die Glock, but the Die Glock is essentially a project based out of the northwestern region in Germany where they were building saucer-based aircrafts associated with the V-2 rocket. So clearly, the way I read it is they lost a military engagement there. And Admiral Byrd says so, says it is now necessary for the United States to take defensive action from enemy air fighters that come from the polar regions. So let's tie it all together. Nazis go down there. They already established a big base. They're getting tons of tech. They're shipping insane amount of resources. Admiral Karl Dantz says they made a Shangri-La. Hitler apparently commits suicide. No bodies found. Two years later. They send a military expedition with half the allied troops and all the strongest ones suffer immeasurable casualties, immediately flee, and then tell local radio stations that we need to prepare for a war. That's where we're at on this story right now. Yep. Now, let me bring this up to a little bit something that you might not be aware of. Have you ever heard of the Washington, D.C. 1952 UFO incident? 1950 In 1952, a series of about half a dozen or so aircraft buzzed Washington, D.C. There are literal videos of it, actual UFOs buzzing Washington, D.C. You ever heard of the Battle of Los Angeles? UFOs buzzing Los Angeles. The United States military shot off something like a quarter million rounds in D.C. and L.A. in 52 because there were actual UFOs in the sky. You've never heard of this, have you? I don't think so. No. Look, yeah. So the Washington incident, the Battle for Los Angeles. I employ all the listeners to Google the Battle for Los Angeles. So the 40s or 50s, and then the 1952 DC UFO incident. They basically buzz DC and LA. And like I said, we shoot off half a million rounds of ammunition. I don't know about you, but that that sounds like a show of force. Like, hey, fuck off, or we're going to get you fucked off. Nothing happened. When I see that, I think they buzzed those places and told them to piss off or we're going to start doing stuff. Now, this fast forward to something called the Bella incident. Have you ever heard of the Bella incident? I've heard of it. It sounds familiar. Okay. The Bella incident is very interesting. So, okay. So let's follow the timeline. Nazis go to their base. They do Operation High Jump, get back the fuck off. Then they basically, at that point, the Nazis, they're able to regroup a couple of years later and they go buzz Washington, D.C. and L.A. telling them, hey, 
we're not only present in Antarctica, but we can get to you if we need to. Kind of like a don't fuck with us style thing. That's what I read. Let me know if you think I'm wrong on that. No, makes sense. So the Bella incident, 1979. This is where the cause of a flash that occurred remains officially unknown. And there's no info that's been declassified by the U.S. government. And essentially what this was, it was a double flash detected. Okay, Okay, I've heard of this. Yeah. It's a double flash detected off the coast. And it was basically at this point, there's a couple of uh, satellites that picked up these massive flashes. Guess where? By the French Antarctic Islands, right where they did high jump, right where the entrance is, and right where McAfee's servers are. And basically, these flashes are theorized to be massive kiloton warheads. Now, at this point, no one says anything, but it's basically theorized to be, this is what they've said. A couple of tests have reported that it was alleged nuclear testing carried out by the Republic of South Africa in conjunction with the Israelis. So to me, that sounds like they tried to nuke those guys. And you don't think the Israelis have a bone to pick? That's the Vela incident. So I don't know. That sounds interesting. And then, then this is where we go all the way up to modern day. We're now John McAfee. Wait, wait, yeah, wait, wait before we, before we get there, before we get there, let's let's uh, go a little bit. Let's go. I want to go a little bit deeper on high jump, just a little bit. Okay. I have a quote from uh, Bird's Diary. Oh, the uh, diary! I forgot about the diary. Yes. So the diary. So uh, Admiral Byrd, he actually flew over Antarctica. um, And he was the first, I think he might have been the first person to ever fly over Antarctica. His diary, you you can read his diary online. And here's an excerpt I took from his diary. This is March 11th, 1947. This is after he gets back from his flight over Antarctica. He said, quote, I have just attended a staff meeting at the Pentagon. I have stated fully my discovery and the message from the master. All is duly recorded. The president has been advised. I am now detained for several hours. <laughs> Six hours, 39 minutes to be exact. I am interviewed intently by the top security forces and a medical team. It was an ordeal. I am placed under strict control via the national security provisions of the United States of America. I am, and this is all caps, ordered to remain silent in regard to all that I have learned on behalf of humanity. Incredible. I am reminded that I am a military man and I must obey orders. So when, uh, when Bert, and this is in Bird's diary, go up, go look it up. It's in his handwriting. This is a real, this isn't debatable. He wrote this. You can debate what he saw was real or not, but he wrote this. And, um, well, and even it's if he weird. didn't, why, why, why would he not see something that's real? The military is going to lose their fucking mind about it, you know? Right. So this is weird. He briefs the Pentagon on what he sees, and they detain him and tell him to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's another one. So we talk about he talks about the master, right? Uh, I don't know if we want to get back into that. Agartha, I want to know what the master is. I mean, that's just this all goes to John McAfee, and I'll tell you. We'll we'll wrap it up with that. That way, we can bring it back to the McAfee. Well, the master is actually the being or whatever that that uh, 
rules Agartha. And he said, quote, this is what the this is what the master said. Basically, the guy who like rules over the city. Uh, our in, our interest, rightly beings, no, that's weird. Uh, begins just after your race exploded their first atomic bombs over Hiroshima, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan. <clears throat> it was that alarming time we sent our flying machines, the flugelrods, to your surface world to investigate what your race has done. You see. We have never interfered before in your race's wars and barbar- bar- uh, barbarity, but now we must, for you have learned to tamper with a certain power that is not for your man, mainly that of atomic energy. Our emissaries have already delivered messages to the power of your world, and yet they do not heed. So it's just another weird diary entry in uh, in Bird's diary. You can look up more. Um, Oh, I, we should, and that's we should talk a little more about Burr because Burr in of itself could be a whole episode. But you know what's interesting now that you say about nuclear power is, um, do you know that Hitler explicitly rejected nuclear power? I didn't know that. A lot well, of he people had will power subs, right? Um, I don't think any of his U boats were nuclear powered. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I don't think it was, it's all diesel back in those days. I don't know, but, like a movie called U-Boat or something about German guys, but yeah, that might have just been Hollywood. Yeah, there is. It's called Das Boot. Das Boot oh, yeah, translates into the yeah. boat. That's a good movie. Did Hitler have nuclear-powered subs? I don't, I'm pretty sure he did it. For, for anyone who's listening, yes, I, I keep on saying for anyone who's listening, everyone's listening, no one's watching it. Das Boot is a really good movie. It's about these guys who are on a German U-Boat uh they have all these problems someone eventually has to go into the nuclear reactor they get all fried it's just a really good movie highly recommended maybe they did have nuclear power sub regardless there he's a, maybe he um, was against nuclear he's well, actually no they hadn't they hadn't started developing nuclear bombs until uh oh yeah no yeah he yeah okay so here's how it breaks down he is on record saying that nuclear power should never be used as a weaponized force, something to that effect. So you have the master who apparently is the overseer of Argatha or whatever you want to call it in the inner earth in Bird's diary. And then you have Hitler saying, don't weaponize this. A little eerie. Weird. Interesting coincidences. And then this all brings us back to John McAfee who now apparently quote-unquote committed suicide and a beaconing from the entrance to the hollow earth associated with the Nazis in what is now June 24th, 2021. Could it be that the Nazis are now one of the largest disclosure campaigns since the new era have began? Simply for the very reason, you can debate their intentions otherwise, but simply for the very reason that it is a relic of an opposing faction to the current world order. 100%. That's, and that is where I'm, that is why I, when we started this podcast, I said something had surfaced. And if you didn't know what you were seeing, and if you didn't look at it, it would have looked just so. Well, there, there goes that crazy cybersecurity guy. <laughs> you knew that it would lead you to Antarctic Nazi bases, right? Let's talk about Antarctica in the modern day. So you have this thing that happened to McAfee. It's beaming out of some 
uh, his kill switch, you know, is beaming out of some part now, Orca. That's odd. Not some part. The actual entrance, which is verified by the documents and all the <laughs> historical activity and the modern activity. Yes, the coordinates of the entrance. Here's another weird thing about Antarctica. We said it earlier. We, we hinted at it. You can't go to Antarctica. It's been deemed like an ecological reserve kind of thing. You have to have special permission. There's the Antarctic Treaty. There's a lot of weird stuff. So I have a list of people. I, I, I made this list. I just kind of did a quick search. Weird people who've gone to Antarctica. Rudolf Hess, which makes sense. He was a sponsor of the Nazi expedition. Same with a Hermann Goering. Go, Goering? Goering. He was also a Nazi guy. Admiral Byrd, which we just talked about. Uh, uh, there's a Russian Orthodox Patriarch of Moscow. Let's pause right, right there. there. Did you know that one of the first meetings between the Patriarch and the Pope since the formal schism in the early Middle Ages was in Antarctica right after the election of Donald Trump? <laughs> no, but it makes sense. Why wait 2,000 <laughs> years? Any Anytime anyone says anything weird about Antarctica, it's like, no one, who makes this up? No, it's like people are sitting around making up. And we haven't even talked about the Strava maps with the activity. I want to get there. I want to get there. (laughs) So we have, we have the U S okay. Here's where it gets, it's getting weird. You mentioned, but you mentioned a Buzz Aldrin, U S secretary of state, John Kerry, which the guy's a crackpot. Um, (laughs) You know, whatever. I don't is okay. Whatever. John Kerry, that's weird, but probably because of like uh, climate, uh, reasons to probably why he went there. He wanted to probably look at the ice caps not melting. I figure out how he's going to do a climate lockdown, yeah? Yeah. Buzz Aldrin. Okay, here's where it gets good. Buzz Aldrin, who was the, uh, he, I think he was on Apollo 11. He was. He landed on the moon. He landed no, on the moon, right? He didn't stay on the moon. Buzz Aldrin stayed in the ship. In the well, ship. Okay. Yeah, he stayed in the ship, and I think it was the other guy, I forgot his name, but he stayed in the actual, he stayed in orbit while Buzz and Neil went on the moon and yeah. Neil actually got out. And and Gemini 12, that's right, Neil. Um, and Gemini 12, he, he piloted both those missions. Again, smart guy, trained scientist. You have to be a scientist to go on these. He's, he's, kind, of a, he's kind of a globalist fuckboy now, but yeah, he's, yeah. He's a he, smart guy. Yeah. Um, Prince Harry. Okay, now this is where it gets weird. Prince Harry... Uh, went to an Antarctica. Um, King of Spain, which is weird. And this is where it gets good. Bill Clinton. Now, <laughs> King. <laughs> look it up. It's an opening and, to a good now, show. Here's the best one Jeffrey Epstein. Now, oh, people say, course. oh, you know, Jeffrey Epstein didn't, oh, he didn't go to Antarctica. Well, his plane definitely went to Antarctica. I think it, it wasn't the Lolita, the Lolita Express. He had the Lolita Express, which is like his famous like sex trafficking plane where he'd take to his like weird rape island and. Uh, do all that stuff with like Bill Clinton, right? He had another yeah. plane, and you know what's funny? Love him, love him or hate him, but Trump was on the Lolita Express. You know, I know. people have to acknowledge that he says yeah. that he says that he was apparently list a flight from New York. Anyone and who's to- rich and famous has some connection to the Lolita Express, and and Epstein has a smaller plane uh, because at the okay, so the Lolita Express is a seven forty seven. It can't get to Antarctica from the United States uh, without refueling. But he had, I, and I don't know, it's a, it's a smaller plane. It has massive range. I don't know what, I forget the model. People can look it up. He kept that. He has that plane as well. And that's the plane, I believe, that went to Antarctica and back. 
And that that plan was making that voyage to Antarctica while Jeffrey Epstein was in prison before he killed himself. Uh, okay, so you know you can get into the whole killing, um, the whole suicide thing again. And-, and let's go back to John McAfee with that. There is a quote from McAfee himself, and let me bring it up here real quick. It's a good one. I want to bring this up. Oh, fuck. He basically, what did he say here? Um, so basically, he said something to the effect of he obviously didn't kill himself. That's that's what he said. He said he left probably yeah. somewhere cold, and I don't know where. I can't find it now, but he basically says, yeah, he fucked off. Dude, everyone knows he didn't kill himself. Well, the question is whether or not he was, a lot of people, like, you know, the low-tier mindset is, oh, well, they whacked him. They didn't whack that guy. They extracted him to somewhere. That's, yeah, that's the low tier. The thousand IQ is he went to Antarctica. Exactly. That's that's the big brain play. Yeah. And hey, and- dude, here's a uh, new tweet that I just found from John McAfee. June 8th, 2021. This is two weeks ago. If anything ever happens to me, please know that the 31 plus terabytes of files I have are located on hard drives in my condo. <laughs> 88th Street and Collin Avenue, Georgia North Beach. <laughs> what? Yeah. Pretty good. Nice. <laughs> I already figured that two weeks ago. This guy's fucking psycho. I'm so pissed Dude, he's I'm dead. You, man. I, if there's anything that people are listening to glean from this, it's that Antarctica is weird. I, I we can I can keep on. Let's talk about Strava. We can keep on going on about. Oh, we keep on going on. I mean, I'm not. I'm not on the. Obviously, I'm not on the flat Earth train that's i'm not on the flat earth train you people but even those people they get weird about antarctica everyone gets weird about everybody's antarctica. wearing antarctica i, I think hollow go there I, there's been people you know there's been stories of a couple that was podcasting uh sailing around the world and they were sailing below a chile down there and they decided to just look at the tip of antarctica sail to the tip of antarctica and they get they're never found again yep right yep. there's all these exactly what i was saying stories. Um, the Strava thing. So this is so good. I was talking to you, uh, Wolfgang, I was talking to you about uh, this months ago when we were sitting on my back porch drinking beer. You said, have you heard about the Strava heat map? And what, <laughs> people, what people don't know is Strava uh, is a fitness app where you can like, my mom uses Strava. Lots of athletes use Strava. They can kind of, you know. So it's, fit, I, it's, it's the Fitbit map. Fitbit yeah, and I remember you said people can people can run on the same trail and they can like log their times like oh I I rode this bike trail and you know I rode this these twenty miles in this time or and they I this person did the same mountain they did it in this time they have like competitions and that sort of thing it's kind of like that the people that I know that use it they kind of always in a little bit of competition with each other on Strava but the interesting thing is that anyone who who's using Strava there's a there's a heat map online go to strava.com. It's a heat map, meaning like uh, a heat map is like it shows the the map of the of, of the world and the density of movement of people wearing Strava uh, is bright. Like if people are wearing Strava, it's bright. And where there's more and more movement and more people using Strava, areas on the light are areas on the map are lit up more. So you can sort of see a heat map across the world of where people are using Strava and how much how much activity or how much traffic there is in that region of people using Strava. Okay. And a few months ago you were saying, hey, you should check out Strava and look at Antarctica. And 
it makes sense to me that I know there are some scientific bases in Antarctica. I've seen, I, I don't question that there's not, there's scientific uh, research in Antarctica. You know, they do have the whole, maybe they have some, they have, they have McMurdo and they have one by the alleged South Pole. Yeah, like the Norwegian, ha- Nor- Nor- Norway has a, a base down there. But those are all on the coast. Like everything is on is on the coast of Antarctica. Everything's on the coast except one that is by uh, apparently the alleged North Pole. But this where we're talking about the Strava map, heat seat stuff is not by any of the verified places. Yeah, and if you look, and this is and this is what I want to get to because I looked today specifically before we started this podcast, and a few months ago you said, "Hey, you should check out Antarctica. Look at this. Zoom into this location." You can see not on the coast. Uh, I don't know how many, how, how far inland it was, but it was quite a. I mean, I, you know, it was a ways inland. You see this long strip of just light, and you zoom in on it, and you see all these tracks of people going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And yeah, it looks they're like hanging out down there. It looks like people. I mean, what I thought is, well, it's someone driving a snowplow <clears throat> or something plowing a plowing a runway and all these and all these people going back and forth are maintaining some runway or maintaining some airport or base down there that's what it looks like to me yeah somebody's wearing a fitbit basically maintaining the base and you know and again it's oops located directly south of the french antarctica it's just it's all happening in this one area i'm looking and i can't see anything not there it's blacked out everything is blacked out you see a few little bases, which are actually have names, we, meaning you can look them up on Wikipedia. They're known bases. They have names. Besides that, which in my mind tells me these are the places that people know exist in Antarctica. These are the scientific bases. These are where people have gone to. Besides that, all the activity inland, blacked out. There's nothing. Blacked out. And I wish I would have taken a screenshot of that. Now we're just I talking. <laughs> I was trying to take a screenshot for notes and that's, and, and that's where I came across it. So you realized it wasn't there anymore. Yeah. Well, so, and, 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 you know, we could talk about the Antarctic pyramid. That's another weird thing, but so you, there's a, there's a, there's a pyramid in Antarctica, I guess Buzz Aldrin, right? He saw it. Something like that. Right. He, he tweeted quote, after seeing the pyramid, we are all in danger. It is evil itself. Yeah. And and he's referring to the pyramid. And he was air vacked out of there. Remember, medevaced out. Yeah. What's up? Right? <laughs> I mean, you asked me. It's clearly where they have substantial base operations there and they're still operating. And you know, we gotta bring the show into a uh, gotta bring it in on the landing landing pad at some point. So What's your whole, at this point, summarize your thesis. What do you think is going on? And why does this come to McAfee? And what do you think comes of this? Because I'll tell you what I think. So, so this, is what, this is where I'm going. This is what I ultimately think. And we can talk about this in later episodes. You talk about the Rockefellers. Or, or uh, was it the Rockefellers? Yeah, it was the Rockefellers, right? Posting pictures on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. It all stems back to people in, in power globalists have access to antarctica there's something weird happening down there you can't go there there's all this weird esoteric history about it there's all these weird modern 
occurrences of strange people going down there like Jeffrey Epstein and the Prince of England and Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> There's more people. You can look it up. You can look up a list of people who have gone to America. My whole, my whole feeling about this is there's a lot that we don't know that's going on down there. And uh, I think people should dig. People should dig a little bit more. 100% agree. And I, I'm, I'm on the same page. I think there's oh, like, obvious... as, as, as Eddie Bravo says, just look into it. Just look, in, just look, <laughs> look into, into it, man. Just look into it. I tell you, I've been doing it. I tell you that I started getting back into MMA lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been rolling with some 10th planet guys and ah, those guys are fun to talk to because they're all oh, like uh planet X or uh... no 10th planet is the name of Bravo's jujitsu. Um... <laughs> oh, yeah. But you know where he got that from, right? Yeah. Planet X. Yeah. But it's like yeah. all the 10th planet guys are total conspiracy heads too. So they're fun to talk to. Yeah. But here's how I feel about it. It's obviously weird. I think there are legitimate openings to the earth. I think there are lands that we are not allowed to know about and lands that are unexplored. And I think that there is active, robust, and formidable forces, remnants of the World War II German faction. And I think simply because it's an alternative faction to the globalists, that they'd be willing to work with rogue assets like a John McAfee in order to dethrone and usurp the current world order. So that's how I feel about it. I think McAfee's legitimately got a dead switch up and running that's being ran by probably Nazi technologists out of somewhere in Antarctica, and it's faction warfare. That's what I see. Where do I think it's going? I think there's some form of an apocalypse coming, and not in the sense of the popular term, an apocalypse in the sense of the Greek meaning, a great revealing, an uncovering. You know, we can go into a little bit about another episode we'll talk about, you know, the potential future forecast but i do think that there's going to be a great unveiling of the what the world order and how things are you know even with corona you could say Fauci had an apocalypse a couple weeks ago with his email leaks that's no coincidence let's save it we'll save it all right so that's that's what i see it's up for the viewer or the listener to decide so that's all we got for the tinfoil talks any sign out notes samuel colt Nope. Have a good week. We'll see you guys next week. This is Thursday, June 24th. Thursday, June 24th, 2021. Coming in from all areas of the United States of America. We will talk to you later. And The ships always sinking and blinking at sea. What makes the British start thinking of their cup of tea? It's now the season, the reason. It's plain what it means. German submarine. What makes the sailors go crazy wherever they cruise? What makes the market go down but frightens the Jews? What takes the kick out the chicken, the pork from the beans? German submarine. Listen, listen. Can't you hear the sound they're never missing? Torpedoes, torpedoes, hitting at day and hitting at night. Who sinks the trawler, the tanker, the ship full of meat? Who sinks destroyers and cruisers, the pride of the fleet? It's now the season, the reason, it's plain what it means. 
German submarine.